In the words of Mudvayne, piece by piece, I can carry it all. And this is the Fat Man Chronicles. Welcome to episode 103 of the Fat Man Chronicles. I'm Pete, and there's no Gretchen today, flying solo, because I've got a, an interview with a very special guest. But still, we are a regular couple on the journey with you to health, fitness, weight loss, and a better life. All right, well, Gretchen will be back for episode 104. We'll get into some updates on our training and and our journey, as always, and views from the couch will be back. Do not fret. But, uh, you know, I'm going to have this interview with a very special guest named Amy Powerzinski, who is a patron of this show. Before we head on over there, let's uh, do a quick Pete's Podcast Corner. This is one that has to do with history from a series called What We Saw, The Cold War. And I think I talked about what we saw... Apollo, it was about the Apollo 11 uh, mission, but now we're talking about the Cold War, which I'm fascinated by having grown up kind of towards the end of it, of course, and as the fall of the Berlin Wall comes. So kind of an interesting thing if you're into history, which is why I give that suggestion while Gretchen is not here, she would not listen to this one with me. So anyway, I think it's good time to get on over to that interview with Amy. And here we go. We have a special guest today. Amy, welcome to the Fat Man Chronicles. Thanks, Pete. Good to be here. Big fan. Uh, well, we appreciate all your support. Uh, it's it's much, much appreciated. Why don't you start out by telling us a little bit about yourself, kind of where you're from and a little bit of background. Okay. Um well, I'm originally from Rochester, New York, and I live in the capital district of New York now, uh, near Albany, uh, out in the boondocks. And uh, my father's family is from Chicago, oh. which is, I think, one of the reasons why, when I first heard you, I was interested in the Fat Man Chronicle. I have about a bazillion cousins in Chicago, in the in the whole Chicago land area. Nice. Uh, and uh, I'm a little older than you. Uh, the other thing, you're clo- close to my age, so you know we have that in common. It's a cultural thing, I find. <laughs> For sure. Uh, people that grew up in the '70s and early 80s that you know we have things in common um let's see uh, i have a husband and a 15 year old boy although it's hard to tell i have a 15 year old son because 
and I don't see much of him. <laughs> he was in his room. Um, uh, I work for my town library, and I love it, and we, we're just getting back into action since COVID. Are people coming in? No, not yet. We're, we're uh, doing curbside pickup and uh, just moving things through the system because we're part of a larger library system. It's a very small library and a large system. And uh, most of our materials come from somewhere else. So do you have an advantage working with the library that you get books sooner or do you got to leave those on the shelves the the new ones uh, the new ones uh well our library is so small we our our new stock is pretty limited to uh james patterson and a few other <laughs> authors <laughs> so there's a few few that i'm interested in and yes i can get them if i'm there the day they go on the shelf Nice. That would be fun. I, I love reading so much uh, that I think volunteering or working with a library would just be awesome. <laughs> that that could be a, it, it a retirement gig for me. It could be. Yes. Um, it's usually a civil service job, so you might want to get on that now. Oh, I didn't realize Take that. Yeah. yeah. Testing. Now I got to do a test? Yeah, it's not too hard. Uh, you got to be able to do the alphabet in in on Dewey Decimal. It's, that's the best part. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds nerdy. I think I'm in. Okay, <laughs> unless of course your library system uses a different cataloging system. Yeah, I I have no idea. I go to the library and get books, but I I just walk to them. I I believe it's Dewey Decimal though. Could be. I think the other system is actually Library of Congress. Oh, Their yeah. systems will Cool. So tell us a little bit about growing up in Rochester. Were you active? Were you athletic? Studious? What was Not going athletic. on? Not athletic. I grew up in the uh, portion of the city that's uh, northernmost, and it, it had been its own town at one time called Charlotte, which is spelled Charlotte, but it's Charlotte. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of uh, weird Rochester-isms, uh, the way things are pronounced. Uh, and it, if you hear an accent, it's probably pretty close to Pittsburgh, the similar accent, of uh, that part of upstate New York. Yeah, I hear a little bit of so, one, but it's not that far off Chicago, so. Probably not, no. <laughs> that, that part of New York is very Midwestern. It's very flat, um, and uh, they grow green there, and it's, when, once you get outside the city, it's very rural. Um, it's And where I live now is not, there, you know, it's, People don't grow greens, and um, there's a lot of people that live here that are transplants from New York and Boston. We have a little bit of traffic anarchy, but it's 
it's a lot different culturally to Rochester. Um, so where I lived when I was very young, up until I was 10 in Rochester, was an actual neighborhood where I could ride my bike on the sidewalk and I could leave the house. My mother threw me out of the house. I played with my friends and I might have showed up for lunch and then had to go home for dinner and you know had to go in when the street lights came on that it was that kind of neighborhood um and, and i'm sad that lots of kids don't have that kind of growing up now uh, yeah i mean it's much yeah. different definitely today i mean it was when i was a kid it was like okay when the street lights come on it's getting close to dinner kind of you know or try to try to come in if you've been out after dinner during the summertime you know like when it got dark later but today it's very difficult to say to my kids like hey you know uh come in you know when the street lights come on because there could be stuff that you don't want happening out there well before that so a little bit closer eye for for us and similar to your son like my oldest he i mean he's he's in his own world with with gaming and whatever i mean it's it's very much secluded also because they're they're pretty similar in age daniel being 16 yeah yeah and with no and where we live now it's very rural and you can't he can't even hang out with his friends when we're not in in a, a, a coronavirus crisis because everybody's so far away he can't just walk to someone's house or ride his bike so it's, it's, is it rolling well, hills? rolling yeah <laughs> it's, it's pretty rolling uh but we also live on a state route and it's the traffic is pretty speedy mm. so i i don't i don't even want him going out there without me yeah, I, I'm on the verge of being a helicopter parent. <laughs> there are worse things. <laughs> so, so uh, and I grew. I then moved to the suburbs in Rochester after I was between ten, ten and twelve. We lived in the burbs, and then out to the country after that. Um, you know, one of the western suburbs. Was it, it with the rural living? Were you eating like kind of farmer markety, or was it meat and potatoes, or how were you eating growing up? Oh, um, meat and potatoes, but um, always whole foods. My mom was. My parents are not boomers. <laughs> They're because they were born before World War Two. They were born in, during the Depression, and then they came, you know, their childhood memories were of World War II. So I got slams doubly, so we always had whole food and um, no waste. That was, you know, clean your plate and always vegetables and so yeah, mostly mostly meat and potatoes, but um, 
Yeah, I find that interesting because I grew up more suburban and, you know, it was kind of whatever we could get our hands on, you know, um, a little bit more, you know, just because it wasn't, there weren't local, you know, farming and, you know, local produce or or anything uh, being in kind of far southeast suburbs of Chicago growing up. So it was kind of interesting, the dichotomy. And I'm just, I'm really interested in when people grow up, you know, closer to a, a rural environment and, and how that might impact what they ate growing up. Um, so yours was definitely more whole foods, not out of a package. And, you know, whereas I think yeah. growing up, I remember, you know, quite a bit out of a package just because I think it was inexpensive where we were and a way to kind of get the calories in. Yeah. Um, I don't My My father always struggled with his weight. So I remember, I can be, remember being very, very young and uh, going with him to a Weight Watchers meeting. Oh, yeah. And not, and sitting out in the car waiting for him. You know, uh, and then we would go do something else, but uh, uh, yeah, that was it. <laughs> so, how does that, that impact point. you as you grow up? Are, do you stay kind of on that course of Whole Foods? And no, no, I didn't. I think when I was out on my own, I kind of lost my mind, <laughs> and you know, had all the things that I wasn't allowed to have as a kid. I mean, we didn't even have sugar cereal in the house when I was young. As I, when I was hit late high school and college, my mother might have purchased stuff for my younger brothers that uh, we would have never had a year ago. I think the sugariest cereal I ever had as a kid was life cereal. Oh, I love life cereal. And that, but that was even before they had the cinnamon. Yeah. Back in the days of Mike. Yeah. Back in those days. And then I could have Captain Crunch when I went to my friend's house for sleepover. Ooh. Yeah. And, and that's before there was any other kind of Captain Crunch. It was just Captain Crunch. There was no Crunch Berries. There was no Peanut Butter Crunch no. or whatever else they had. There might have peanut butter might have been new then. I used to, I recall a vanilla crunch. I remember that too. Okay. Phew. I'm not sure if it was Captain Crunch or not, but I remember that exact type of cereal, but it was vanilla. I do remember that. I think it was vanilla crunch. It didn't last as long as peanut butter and the crunch berries. But yeah. I yeah, cereal Gretchen that had a cereal fetish? Yeah, well, we we talked about it. It was Gretchen that's the nut job that likes grape nuts. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm. I I, like I love cereal. Like I could eat sugary cereal all the time, just like Seinfeld. I mean, I'm I I just yeah. love cereal. Yeah, I probably yeah. would too, but I don't need it anymore. Me either. On a rare occasion, I steal some of the kids. But that's when I'm super, like, uh, I'm not even sure why. I just do it. Because it, it tastes delicious. That's why. Okay. And 
it start, I, the last time I had Captain Crunch, it tasted chemically to me. That could be. And I think I just wanted the milk <laughs> with the sugar. <laughs> Cereal milk is the best. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so how are, are, are you... Um, how do you, you know, like, where are you now in, in that kind of like your, your dietary journey or health journey uh, with how you uh, eat? Uh, right now, I am a disciple of the intermittent fasting crowd. Uh, I'm uh, eating one meal a day mm. and, uh, and it, it stretched out over two hours, but uh and my husband is doing uh, one meal a day with a one-hour window. He, being a man, has lost 45 pounds December. Wow. Yeah. So I'm interested in this. Help, help me get this because I, you know, we've talked on the show many times about 16-8 or 18-6, meaning 18 mm-hmm. hours of fasting, six hours of window of eating. But going right. that hardcore, is that seven days a week? Is it, how does that work? Uh, yes, it is seven days a week. And it's, it's easier to do uh, in coronavirus time, I have to say, because I go shopping once a week and I'm cooking every day, um, mostly sticking to whole foods. Just they do slip some other stuff in here and there. So what are what are the meals? Oh, sorry, go ahead. It cuts down on the dishes, and you know, just I'm not constantly cooking. Um, I don't have to make anybody lunch. My my except for my son, because he doesn't do homemade. But um, he only eats about twice a day anyway because he doesn't get hungry until sooner or later. Man, that's my son too. Like just naturally yeah. like that. But I was like that when I was a kid and it seems to me that that was my body telling me something. Yeah. So I tell was, me, what I, do these I, meals look like? Um. Well, we always start with um, hard-boiled eggs and uh, green, leafy green salad, like spring mix or something. Uh, uh, my husband uses commercial salad dressing, and I use a mix made with olive oil for my salad dressing. And uh, we have carrots and celery all the time, just chopped up, ready to go. And then uh, I make some kind of meat main course. Uh, I recently bought a quarter of a deer, and I had most of a pig in the freezer, so that's that's what we've been concentrating on. I buy chicken every week. So it's it's a meat, a salad, an extra kind of protein in there with the hard-boiled egg. Yep. So it sounds like protein, fat, and then the carbohydrate just coming from vegetables. Oh uh, yeah, we do we do have pasta once in a while, maybe once a week, not even. And sometimes potatoes, sometimes French fries. If I'm making hamburgers, I'll make fries. Uh, 
Do you find if you have any kind of grain or starch, do you find yourself, is it impacting you differently than when you don't? Uh, no, but, uh, I, I, we do just tend low carb from, because we're both Northern European persuasion and both of our fathers had, um, diabetes, you know, type two, uh, and both of us carry our weight around the middle. It's just, it's an insulin issue, so we're, we know that the the carbs uh, affect us, so they're relatively limited. So then, and it seems to help. Yeah, I mean, and clarifying, you mean processed carbs or starches versus vegetables or... It, I, I didn't hear much fruit in there. Do you consume fruit during that time? Uh, my husband has fruit every day. Banana and half an orange or something. And I'll, I'll eat a banana sometimes, especially if it's hot out. And I've been running. and I think I need some more potassium. Yeah, that was my next, my next question was I know you're – an athlete so how does this way of eating impact your your training and and your activity uh it's actually working out really well i was i was concerned when i started going up over 10 miles uh and since we're i'm always training for something uh and the next thing is a half marathon that may or may not happen because it's got rescheduled to August. Uh, I was, I was concerned about going over 10 miles without having something before, but in the past I always ran in the morning and had preferred to run before I ate. So I didn't think it was going to be all that different. Uh, so I took the, I did a half marathon for a virtual series and uh, there was, you know, I wasn't going to be running full bore for 13.1 miles. I was just trying to survive. So I took shoes with me just in case and I thought if I felt like I had to stop and call someone to come get me, then it was time to chew. But um, I, I never needed them. Wow. Yeah, I was I was surprised. What's the timing of I your? Do it. What's I'm just curious what the timing of the meal is that you're you're going with. Uh, we eat at five. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is really interesting. I mean, this is exactly. I mean, we've talked about being fat adapted many times, and that's kind of the textbook definition you're using your body's fat to fuel your run at that point there's very little uh there's going to be very little there in terms of um glucose to use because you've eaten at five between five and seven it sounds like for you you're running probably in the morning is that right i try to some days doesn't work out but yeah right well 
I mean, running fasted is a lot easier in the morning just because you, at least you've, you know, you're waking up, you've, you haven't had time to get hungry, if you will. So, right. um, are you coming back after those runs feeling like you need to replenish or are you good? I am good. Um, the recently I've needed naps after hard workout or like one, one day last week I doubled up. I, I did my run cause, uh, I'm coached by John. Uh, she means John and Harris. I had a run. Yes. John Harris. <laughs> uh, I did my run as, as prescribed. And then my, my bike club had a ride in, later in the morning. So I went and did that and it was hot and dry. So, um, I came home and I, and I had to close my eyes on the couch. <laughs> uh, but I didn't, I wasn't hungry. I didn't feel the need to refuel. I just needed to rest. And that's happened a couple times. Uh, we've had a, a real bad, we had no rain for most of June. And, uh, and it was warm and very dry. So, uh, resting after that, all the, some of those workouts was mandatory, but I, I, I never felt the need to eat. That's really interesting that you're, you're able to do that so easily. It seems, uh, how long did it take you to get used to the, to the single meal? Not that long. Uh, sometime must have been in, I had been trying to do, um, intermittent fasting, but more of like a 16 8 kind of thing. Um, must have been in February, early March. And then when we were home and my husband was talking about what he was trying to do, um, and he started by having me not make breakfast and then not, then I stopped asking, taking a lunch to work. And then, uh, just, just eating dinner and he was fine. And so I, I, when we went into lockdown, basically, it, was, it wasn't that hard to do. Interesting that you brought up John as your coach. So Amy's coached by John Harris with endurance for everyone. As you guys have heard me talk about on the show, John's been on this one. I've been on his show and I was, uh, I think I was the last person to record with him. Um, yeah. And he's gone kind of the opposite way as you. He did. And he's going, he was more, not, not one meal, but I mean, he was definitely intermittent fasting uh, mm -hmm. rest restricted uh, refined carbohydrates and starches 
And now he's eating six times a day, I believe. I think it's five small meals, and then they call it lean and green dinner. Uh, he posts mm-hmm. his dinner pretty much every night, I think, or every day yeah, that I can right. remember. Um, and so it's kind of really interesting that they're going kind of different directions, but it comes back to what I preach constantly, which is we're all an experiment of one. N equals one. Right. And and he has health issues that I can't imagine. So it, it makes more sense um, that N equals one for him. As, as we're totally different. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, John is a cancer survivor and, and right. know, doesn't have a functioning thyroid. So it makes it much, much different. And uh, even without that, though, we're all N equals one. You know, Gretchen talked about it on the last show that she's or a couple shows ago, whatever it is, that she's struggling with, you know, how to eat at this point after doing intermittent fasting for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a rough show (laughs) to listen to. I was my heart was breaking for her. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we have a follow up uh, coming. I think it comes out tomorrow because we're we're going with Thursday releases uh, now. So we should be consistent. But uh, all right. Yeah. Look at that. Getting forward to hearing a follow up to that. Yeah. 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 I, I am, too, because we joke about not talking between podcasts. We don't talk about this stuff, though, because we want natural reactions if it was desperate, I'm sure she would. We would talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. But overall, a lot of it with the stuff we do talk about separately. So this, I think, will come out the following week. So this will be in arrears, <laughs> if you will, that we talked yeah. about it. Uh, but either way, I, I just think it's really. Uh, I love to hear the stories of the different things that work for people, and if you find something that's going to be great. I. What is your plan? post coronavirus era when you're you know invited to dinner with friends or lunch out with friends or something I, do you have you thought about that a little bit uh i would move move my window probably because what i was finding before we went into lockdown was that of a good friend uh that I would meet for lunch. I found that um, I didn't didn't really need to eat dinner when we had our lunch out, and it, I tried to you know balance it a little bit. At least have a couple vegetables in within my lunch. Uh, but I don't know, I, I I don't think it'll be. Too much of an issue. I, I think uh, the way we're doing things, I can be flexible. It's not flexible right now, but that's just because we're going through every day the same. Uh, I do once in a while when I'm working, uh, I'll do a little more than go a little more than 24 hours because I work from mid-afternoon until 7, 
and then I'll wait, so I'll just wait to eat dinner when I get home. So I've had 24-hour fast. And we and we did one 36-hour fast and ate breakfast that day <laughs> afterwards. Uh, just just as an experiment to see how we could do it, that we could do it, and it went fine. But then we had breakfast of waffles, and everybody needed a nap after that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is great. I, I love learning about the different ways people attack this. So I appreciate you sharing that. And I, I've heard people doing this, but, you know, three days a week or five days a week or sometimes six, but oh, never yeah. seven uh, that I personally knew. I've read about it, but I haven't known anybody. Oh, um, so I'm, oh really? I, um, yeah, there's a a woman who wrote a book about uh, intermittent fasting and the two approaches that she outlines in the book are alternate day fasting which is doing two or three long fasts per week so 36 to 40 hours ish and then or doing the one meal a day or 16, 8, or 18, 6. Wow. Daily. Very cool. Um, yeah, I think uh, and they recommend the, the alternate day fasting where you do long or a few longer fasts per week uh, to get over a plateau. But we're cooking along fine with the one meal a day right now. So I think we're going to stick with it. I'm leave it at that. Cause we're, I'm not seeing the weight loss. Like my husband is, of course, women, it just, that's how it is for women for the most part, not all the time, but, uh, I've, I'm seeing, I'm getting a little faster. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to ask well, how, how it's impacted your training. If you're seeing performance well, improvements or. It'd be, yeah, I think so. It's, it's hard to tell right now because the weather is so awful. <laughs> yeah, you have to do weather adjusting. Oh, I mean, it's more than 70 degrees and humid. You're right. Uh, with. It was, I went out with some friends the other day and Sunday morning and it was like running through a swamp. It wasn't even that warm and the sun wasn't out, but it was... Oh. The damn dew point. It's the worst. Yeah, it's the worst. Well, John is a data nerd, so I'm sure he's yeah. looking at all that and, and, and gauging performance and will have trends and data for for you over time so you talked oh little... yeah he does <laughs> yeah he does this morning actually i i went out and i thought oh this is i was supposed to do a temple run and i was thinking well i just can't so i made an attempt at doing it and i thought well this is not going well and i got done and i was faster than i've been in a while and it was 
fortunately not funny, but it was humid still. And he he's already commented on it and said, you're doing fine. That's great. So you talked a little bit about what's next, a, a half marathon potentially. Do you have any other any other goals on tap? Uh, I want to do a century ride. That... Uh, Right, right 100 I, I, miles. But that's awesome. I mean, so a full, uh, a metric century or the 100 mile? Well, a, a, a metric would be a good start. And then, yeah, if you want to do a full 100 miles. Awesome. And my club has a ride, uh, although it had been rescheduled twice and then out and out canceled now. So that would have been a supported ride. But uh, we lost you there for a second. I could also do a self-supported ride. Yeah, that would be fun. Just jump on the bike and have a yeah. credit card with you. And <laughs> uh, well, one thing you can do is a loop, and then and or an out and back and out and back and just make a stop at your car. Yep. Uh, and uh, actually a friend of mine that was near me, that he rides in the same club rides I do. He turned 80 this past fall. So we did an 80-mile ride for his 80th birthday. Oh, making and us all look bad. Yeah, he is. That's fantastic. He's taking us all really bad. <laughs> and I only did 40 miles with him. I did two two out and backs with him. And different people, when we always met back at, at his car where he had drinks and stuff. So uh, people joined in for different out and backs, which was nice for him because we did the same out and back. And that can get a little mind-numbing, but he had different people, so it was all good. That's fantastic. That's really cool. I needed a nap after 40. <laughs> <laughs> I might have needed a defibrillator after 40. <laughs> it was kind of a flat ride. <laughs> wow, that's great. Well, that's an awesome, that's, that's an awesome goal. Anything with, yeah. uh, anything more with running? Uh, well, I have... Well, I have two half marathons on the schedule. Um, the one that's in August, it was, supposed to, it was supposed to happen in April. And I, they, they, it might get can't, out and out canceled. We'll have to see. Um, I think they might be planning to do like a, a wave, multiple wave start for that. And then the other one is in October that's this, um, the half marathon that goes with the marathon that I ran last year. And I done, I've done it a couple times. And uh, then the, the two races together make a series and you get extra bling. Oh, uh, we all love extra bling. Yeah. I've only done that one time a couple of years ago with the Illini and uh, Illinois Marathon and Wisconsin Marathon, well, the half marathon in both. And 
got the extra one. That was pretty, that was pretty cool. How far oh. are you from like Finger Lakes? I am. Well, the Finger Lakes are between where I live now and where I used to live. Oh, okay. That I think I. And we've discussed a little bit. I think via Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, um, we, we have. I wouldn't. The year we got married, we we didn't go on a real honeymoon. But that summer, we spent a lot of time doing day trips and stuff. And we did, uh, we went along Seneca Lake to the winery there. That, I also listened to the wine pod, or that wine pod, <laughs> religiously. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we have a, we have one today that came out long. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's long? It is. It is. We We tackle a lot of difficult subjects i mean so today is july 1st that we're actually recording so it's uh yeah we brought dan pilkey back and it's a pretty we hit we hit the hard we hit the hard subjects on this one so uh very oh, interesting something that... that we don't do here <laughs> right yeah so is, uh is he the the thumb? yeah he's the guy who passed the master sommelier exam uh, and yeah. They took okay. it away from him. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, anyway, um, what else? To, did, was there anything else you wanted to talk about or, or share? Uh, Any questions? I, I can't think of anything. I was, I was interested in, in telling about my experience of intermittent fasting. Yeah. Which is going well. I know I, I feel that I'm starting to feel that I'm finally getting lighter. Um, I'm probably down to the week I was when I ran my fastest half marathon, which was six years ago. Oh, that's great. Fantastic. So, yeah. Still not light, but lighter. Uh, and I just, and I feel better. Um, I have more energy. I'm, I'm I'm losing. I'm not lighter, but I'm losing inches. That's so. That's great. <laughs> awesome. Well, I probably should apologize well, that you had to talk to me the whole time, and Gretchen couldn't join us. But uh, <laughs> that's all right. We'll have to. We got to get her back to doing some interviews uh, with me again someday. Yeah. Yeah, she's um, she's what makes uh, your podcast different from all the other running podcasts. <laughs> and I pre and I really really appreciate her discussing her struggles. I I don't know if she understands that how well she connects with you know ordinary mortals. Well, I'll definitely relay the message because I'm not sure that she always understands that um, either. And look, we're a small podcast, but with a very loyal uh, following. Yeah. So people listen and they're impacted by by the story. So there's there's a reason for it. And I keep saying I'd rather have a very small, engaged audience than a large and, you know, audience that just 
is kind of back it's background noise so I, I well i'm sure my voice can be like charlie brown's teacher to many people but gretchen's is uh voice is fantastic because i think she gets across to a, a really wide audience that can relate to what she's going through and uh, I, I appreciate her sharing it on the podcast. I wasn't sure that she, you know, was going to be willing to do things like that. So the fact that she is, you know, I know impacts people and, and it's very kind of you to, to relay that. Definitely appreciated. Well, and she, she's not the only thing that sets you guys apart. I think you set you, your podcast apart too, because you're willing to talk about the struggles and they're, everybody's got different ones, but they're all, you know, they're all similar. Um, in the way, and, and also in the way that you deal with the struggles. Uh, uh, and I've been lucky because I haven't had the, the health struggles, really. I mean, I've always, always been a, my weight's been a problem since I got out of college. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just by virtue of growing older and being um, not not mindful of my food, and basically just going berserk, <laughs> being on my own. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm less than an inch close to having health issues. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for coming on, for sharing your story and telling us about the intermittent fasting. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. We'll definitely have to follow up to see how that's going. Oh, yeah. That'd be be good. I'd like to have uh, uh, like data points, basically. Yeah. Of of how things have may have changed by the time we can follow up. Awesome. Well, thanks again for all your support and for coming on. Oh, absolutely, Pete. It was great. I want to thank Amy again for coming on and sharing everything that has to do with her story with us. One thing I took away from this is I'm really glad that we've decided on this program to let everybody have a voice in terms of the way that they have chosen to eat in their dietary journey because no one way is right for everybody and treating a diet like a religion I think is a dangerous way to live at least it is in our minds so thanks Amy for sharing your unique way uh, at least unique to me perspective on what's working for you and your husband and look forward to checking in with you to see to see how it's going And as we said, Amy is a patron, and as always, we want to thank all of our patrons, Christine, Linda, James, Amy, of course, Shay, 10 Junk Miles, Julie, and Rob. Without you, this would be much, much more difficult. We really thank you. All right, that'll do it. Thank you for listening to episode 103 of the Fat Man Chronicles. The music is You Got Me Wrong by Safar. You could find us at FatmanChronicles.com and on social media as Fatman Stories. The big thing here is please subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. 
And before you do that, or maybe after, get out there and be better today. 